Hey, what's going on, everybody? Like, thank you all for tuning in to the show. Got a couple of Murder Midden's finest with me, Darnell and Tyler. I'm Trey. We're coming your way with the 63rd edition of the Don't Kill a Messengers podcast. First thing we're going to get into today is UFC. Uh, we had a pretty good pay-per-view last week in UFC 210. First thing we're about to get into is Weidman versus Musasi. Uh, very controversial uh Matching just decision overall. Uh, Darnell, what were your thoughts on this uh, whole Weidman versus Musasi um, ordeal that happened? I mean, it sucks because it was a pretty good fight. Yeah. Uh, early on, Weidman was actually looking like the guy that we were used to seeing. Yeah. Uh, you know, he was, Chris was getting takedowns, but Musasi was game as well. He got taken down a few times, but uh, he was w- making his way back up quickly. It looked like a pretty even fight. Uh, late, Musashi was starting to get his shots in and seemed like he was wearing Wyvern down. And then, of course, then we get to, to knee gate and you know, <laughs> all was, types of gates. <laughs> yeah. Wyvern was trying to play the game and, you know, use the rules to his advantage for a down fighter. Uh, but it looked like um, Sassy caught him with a couple knees, like perfectly timed when his hands were basically barely back off the mat. Uh, but, uh, Dan Mergliata, I think was the ref, uh, called for a stop because he thought they were illegal. He then asked somebody to look at the tape, go for an instant replay, which is, to my knowledge, there is none in mixed martial arts and a whole debacle happens. And instead of, Musashi getting DQ, he gets a victory because they decided to just call a fight. So weird situation, weird ending. Uh, feel bad for both fighters. I don't yeah. think Musashi wanted to win in that way. And, and of course, you don't want to lose on what you think might be an illegal need and you've taken the time you think to recover it and you don't get a chance to settle it. It's just sucks that a fight like that had to end that way. And the rematch is up in the air since that was the last fight on Musashi's deal. Yeah, you know, uh, definitely agree with you there, man. Uh, you know, Weidman, uh, we were talking last week how we felt that this was a must-win match for him coming into that fight. And uh, first round, you know, came in there, looked great. Uh, was getting those takedowns, was getting some, uh, landed some good punches whenever uh, they were presented to him. And they were just, just doing his thing. You know, second round, he did... Uh, uh, slow down a little bit. Uh, Masasi was uh, getting the edge in the second round, but yeah, you know, that's when those kicks came in there. And, you know, just looking at it when I was just sitting there watching it, um, you know, I definitely thought that Masasi uh, got himself disqualified with those kicks, but, you know, instant replay showed that, you know, he was doing the right thing. He lifted up Weidman and was delivering the, key, the knees to the head, uh, which was perfectly legal. Um, and, you know, mm-hmm. This was the part of Dan Mergliata. Uh He went in there, uh, looked it over, asked for a replay, which, you know, you we were just saying, I don't think it's legal. Uh, they haven't uh, sanc- sanctioned it yet to uh, happen in New York where you can look at instant replay uh, for fouls or such. But, yeah, went in there, saw and decided to uh, call the fight, which I, I thought initially that the uh, doctor went in there and called it off. Uh, after looking at uh, Wyvern, but I guess, yeah, you were right. I guess he was milking it, especially reading uh, reports, I guess, um, 
Michael Bisping was getting in on uh, Weidman about uh, milking and stuff like that, but different story. But, um, you know, yeah, just very, just was weird. Uh, definitely just feel bad for these guys. You know, I know the crowd was booing uh, Musashi a little bit, but, you know, he had no control over that. He went in there, he fought his fight, he did his thing in his second round. And then Weidman, uh, which uh, definitely sucks for him, you know, because that's uh, three in a row, I believe he's lost now. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, especially he might not get a rematch. I know he would want to redeem himself and get some saucy, but contract talks and everything like that, he would have to resign with the UFC for that to happen. So uh, just definitely just sucks for both parties. Uh, you know, this could have been a great way for um, saucy. He did get the win, but uh, I'm pretty sure he would have liked to um, up his stock a little bit more by getting a better finish than that. Um, just Wyman, uh Definitely don't want to lose like that as well. So, yeah, it definitely sucks with both parties. But uh, it w- if it would have kept going, uh, it would have been a great fight. They would have kept it mm-hmm. up. Yeah, you know, I, I think for, for me, the most interesting part of that whole entire fight was Joe Rogan. The whole time he was screaming that the ref is wrong. Like, why are they going to the, you know, once the replay happened, they're saying, why... Why is Weidman still getting this five minute timeout? Like, if it's a legal play, the fight should go on. Yeah. Um, you know, and then, you know, when he went out for the post fight interviews, he was straight up telling both fighters the refs made a mistake. Like, this shouldn't be happening. And, and I, that's the first time I've ever seen anybody in any sport take that bold of a stance right there in front of literally everybody like you know that wouldn't fly on espn or that wouldn't fly on cbs like no way so part of it being you know it's the pay-per-view fight you can kind of have more leniency on what what is said but you know for me i think that was the the most interesting thing about that fight because you know right when it happened trey i I was texting you and and i said you know explain explain the rule because i you know (laughs) Pretty much anyone who's new to, you know, UFC, MMA is going to think, oh, they're doing whatever they want anyway. Why is that illegal? But, uh, you know, you know, you explained to me that, you know, it used to be if hands are on the mat, you can't kick to the head. But at first, at first, to me, it looked like it looked like that's what was happening. But I I never thought I never thought twice about it. And I'm just thinking, oh, you know, he's landed some some good knees. And then they stopped the fight. And once the replay happened and Joe Rogan starts screaming that it's legal, you know, I was starting to side with him. I'm like, I don't understand why once you decide that it's a legal play, why you continue to go with the precautions of it being an illegal play. Like that to me, that, that just didn't really click. Yeah. And, and I don't, and I don't think, yeah. No, it just seemed like it was one of those situations where it, it just got so weird that nobody knew what to do that mm-hmm. I, I just think he just was like, okay, well, I took too much time here. Let me just give it to him. <laughs> yeah. You win, Gagar. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it was just just a giant cluster of it. No. Yeah, well, how much... Uh, happened. Yeah, how much do you guys think... Uh, with Wyman just milking it because, you know, how he was acting and stuff. He looked like he took a pretty bad blow. 
uh, with just how he was acting and stuff in the ring. How much of that you think played uh, into a role of Mergulata uh, uh, canceling the, uh, giving a fight to um, Gegard Musasi? You know, just looking at why and saying, "Yeah, you look pretty beat up, man." You think that played any uh, had any effect at all in the outcome of that, or what? I think it has some effect in the outcome and now in the like how people are coming to grips with the outcome. I've, I've listened to a lot of analysts just saying like he really didn't do himself any favors there by milking it and like, or if he wasn't milking it, then maybe the decision was okay because he was on his way to get KO'd if, if that would have kept going because yeah. he was so hurt. So. Either he, he made it worse for himself by trying to milk it to get that DQ victory, or he made himself look worse after they called it the other way when he possibly would have been able to continue, but it looked like he was on his way down. Yeah, because I kind of favored uh, Musashi, you know, just how he was milking and everything with those um, knees to the head. I was kind of thinking as, you know, if this fight was still going and he was keep kicking him to the head like that, it would have been over regardless. But, you know, yeah, with the whole situation, he'll milking and everything coming out. It, hey, sometimes you just got to toughen it out and don't play possum like that. But, hey, mm-hmm. learn a situation from everybody in the UFC, I guess. Yeah, you, you know, one thing I wonder is, like, I understand that, you know, Darnell, what you've heard is that it was not the doctor who advised that the fight be stopped. Um, but we also don't exactly know what the doctor told the ref. Like he may have said nothing about necessarily stopping the fight, but he may have said something about the condition of those knees to the head because they were not light knees. Yeah. Like those were some heavy knees getting landed. Um, he may have tried to advise him, like, hey, he just took some tough shots to the head, you know, a few more of those, and who knows? You, you know what I'm saying? Like, the ref may not have stopped the fight, but he may have said something that could have leaned the fight toward a finish. And I wonder, I wonder if that happened, where it was totally the ref's decision, but the doctor kind of said something that kind of nudged him toward the call. Yeah. Uh, just Darnell, uh, do you know when they changed the, um, rule where you, now it was one hand, if it's one hand on the ground, you can knee him, uh, compared to two being on there? Was it just this year recently or is it a New York thing or what? Like, do you know? What was that? Uh, just with the whole one hand rule, uh, do you know when it changed? Uh, was it just this year where you can knee somebody if they only have one hand on the, on the ground compared to just having two on there. Do you know if that was changed this year or late last year or just, just a new it year? Was, it was late last year. Okay. Uh, yeah, because it used to be the one hand down, but then, then it changed to, uh, you had to put both, both down. Yeah. Uh, so there was, there was that adjustment where a lot of the fighters had to get used to that, uh, and and they made the change. It's a lot of fighters are trying to play the game there. Like you have people just get a fingertip on the ground when they're against the cage, just to make sure they don't take a knee to the head or something like that, or any type of 
leg leg type of strike to the head to protect themselves, and it was just getting to be ridiculous. So, okay. so they made that change to it to make it at least more difficult to play the game. But you know, fighters still try to adapt and do it as it looked like Weidman was doing. But Bring back them pride uh, rules, man, with some soccer kicks and stuff. Soccer <laughs> kicks down the opponents, yeah. That's it. I'm in favor of that, so that'll solve it real quick. But uh, yeah, that'll get that'll get MMA fan quickly. Oh man! Or just go back to the original days where the only thing you couldn't do was what poke the eyes. <laughs> Eye gouging and nut punches and fish hooks are about all that were. Yeah. Uh, not, not not in the early not days. <laughs> not in the early days. Yeah. The early days you could punch dudes in the groin. Yeah. Not in the UFC. But uh, maybe some other ones. UFC one, I believe, or whatever it was, like the first one ever. Like but that was it. <laughs> I think, but I could be wrong. All right, guys. Uh, any other thoughts on just on this whole Weidman Musashi ordeal? I'd like to see hopefully personally. Yeah, I was gonna say hopefully the UFC can work it out to get him to come back, get him a contract that he likes, so they can run that back. And yeah, get a real winner. Yeah, that would be good for both parties. Uh, yeah, just I know Musashi was talking about money, so hopefully they can get him a good deal. He'll be satisfied with the pay and everything, and. Look like this would definitely be a great part two um, if they get this to happen. So, love to see it again. So just need to get that whole contract right. Yeah. All right. Up next, uh, we got DC versus Rumble. Uh, before we actually get into the uh, fight, uh, just with you was talking about Negate Darnell, but we got Towelgate. Uh, Pete yeah. was talking about DC pushing on the towel. Uh, I was reading before the show started. Uh, you know, we'll get to Anthony Johnson some more, but uh, he retired. But uh, I guess they still want to review uh, the weigh-in and everything like that because uh, one, he lost, but, you know, he could get his little extra pay cut, extra pay out of that since he felt yeah. that the DC's weight could have played a big role in that with him leaning on the towel and everything like that. But, yeah, just thoughts on the whole towel situation. Uh, he, DC, he was 1.2 pounds overweight. Uh, can this be an issue further down the road for him? Is continue to be an issue for him down the road as well? So, just thoughts on the whole thing. I mean, I mean, yeah, weight, weight, is, weight is an issue, especially uh, people trying to cut down to uh, divisions under just so they can have that size and strength advantage. Yeah. Uh, for a while, Dan- Daniel Cormier wouldn't go down the light heavyweight because it was there. There was health risks for him, uh, just because health issues that he's had in the past. But he slowly started uh, getting his diet down to where he could make it down to uh, to the light heavyweight weight class, and and you know found found a way to do it and keep it steady. Uh, he's a pretty disciplined guy, so I don't think it will become an issue. But, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely, definitely a possibility. It's just, as you get older, it's harder to keep your weight down. And, you know, DC is what, 37? Yep. Isn't it? 37. So, 
so yeah, he, he's getting to that point where just, you know, I, I'm 35. So I, I know just certain weight just doesn't go now. So it, it just stays there. So as, as much as you want to work out or, or do anything, I know I'm not a, I'm not a peak athlete like him, like that was at one point Olympic level, but, and, and still pro athlete level in UFC, but no, nobody beats father time. Yeah. Gravity affects you a little more, but you start getting, getting the age out. But as far as, as far as towel gate goes, I, I really, I want, I want one of them towels that's strong enough to, that you can push up and lose a pound, uh, <laughs> by balancing yourself on it. Cause I mean, it, unless that towel was like made partially out of steel, I, I really don't get why people are figuring that he really, Two guys holding a towel on each end kept him, like, made him lose a pound. Yeah. I was looking at, uh, you know, people always post funny comments and stuff. Uh, somebody posted, uh, Khabib needs to get one of those towels for his next fight. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that is funny. But, uh, you know, yeah, uh, cause he came, like, he, he came in 1.2 pounds overweight, uh, took like a quick minute or two, went on there, and then, you know, people were complaining about him putting his hands on that towel. Uh, you, and Anthony uh, Johnson and his team, they want to review it and everything like that. But I don't know how much they're going to get out of it, but we just have to see, you know. it's. I mean, there's weird stuff around it, you know. Uh, DC had to do the weigh-in and – in his birthday suit. Yeah. So, uh, that, that, that was his excuse for it. He was pulling the towel closer to himself. So now that he was yeah, his junk. junk. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I can, I can, I, I can understand that a little bit. I wouldn't want anybody taking a look at the package while I'm trying to do a weigh in for a fight. Yeah. Uh, maybe he was worried about shrinkage. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> But um, just a, just another weird situation surrounding this card. Yeah. Just speaking of weird, man, what the hell was up with Anthony Johnson wrestling DC, man? Just getting to this fight. Uh, very shocked by his decision with the way how he uh, fought in this fight. Especially I was reading afterwards, um, I guess his cornermen were pretty pissed off at him. Uh, with how he was trying to wrestle DC. Uh, I guess they were yelling at him the whole fight, just quit doing it. But I guess he just went forward with it and tried to keep trying to bring him down. But yeah, I was very shocked with his decision to wrestle DC in this fight. Yeah, if I was his coach, I would have been pissed too. I mean, <laughs> like, AJ, he is a good wrestler, but Daniel Cormier was scheduled to go to the Olympics, but he, like, he, he tore his ACL. So I mean that that's the type of wrestler he is. Yeah. You're not going to out wrestle him. Yeah. Especially he, trying to, that weight too. So Yeah. So it's just that it it was befuddling what he was doing. Like you you have ways to win this fight. Wrestling an Olympic caliber wrestler is not the way to win this fight. Yeah. Uh I mean we we still got the outcome that I said I was scared about last week of him gassing out and giving up, 
Yeah. So, I mean, if, if you were going to gas out, you might as well gas out throwing them haymakers that you got. Exactly. And give yourself a shot. But no, he, he tried to wrestle, and I'm pretty sure Cormier was like, okay, well, this is easy money now. Let me just tire him out because, I mean, I don't know how either of you, if either of you guys are aware, but wrestling is probably the most tiring thing you could do, especially if you can't get the other person down or hold them down. Yep. You will, you will tire yourself out very quickly. Uh, if, if you, if you aren't supremely, uh, gifted, uh, conditional with your conditioning. Like, that's the easiest way to just sap yourself for a fight. And yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it came to, came like, in my opinion, why his head wasn't in the fight about what he said after the outcome and retiring. But yeah. I mean, beforehand watching it was just like, I, I don't know what he's doing. Like, he doesn't want to win the belt. Yeah. Like, it's, I mean, I feel like he gave up in the second round, but. Realistically, he gave up in the first round by throwing his game plan out of the window and just saying, let me try to out-wrestle this guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I guess he was just trying to go out, you know, definitely would have banged, uh, banged to try to beat DC in his own game, I guess. But, yeah, I was very shocked with that one because uh, I think he landed a nice little kick in the first. Uh, I believe it broke DC's nose or at least did a great amount of damage to it. Like he was doing, he wasn't doing bad at all. In that first round, uh, you know, he looked pretty good and everything. But when I saw that he was continuing to try to take DC down in a second, I was like, wow, that's not good. And end up costing him, got choked out again. So, yeah, I don't know if it was nerves with him coming into this fight, uh, knowing that it was going to be his last one. But yeah, it definitely sucked. Uh, you know, especially for his uh, crew, definitely let his corner man down. You know, they for them to have a game plan for him and go into that fight, just throw it completely out the window and do the exact opposite of what they wanted him to do. So I can see why, because uh, he was asking, looking around for his uh, crew after the fight, and I guess they just dished him. So, <laughs> yeah, very disappointing for them. Yeah, you know, I'm with both of you guys. Like, I was, I was shocked that. Um, he was trying to out wrestle Cormier. I'm, like I said, I'm right there with you guys. You know, because you, you know, Trey, what what were you telling me? You know, Johnson packs a punch, yeah, and he wasn't trying to pack a punch. Like I, I was waiting the whole time for him to try and land something, that uh, some kicks, something, and he keeps trying to go for the takedown, and I'm like. This is not what Tran was telling me to watch for at all. <laughs> so my bad. So I, no, hey, hey, you, you didn't know what he was going to go out there well, and try to do. You would have been right say, there in his yeah, corner. Yeah, you would have been yeah. right there with his corner going to the locker room after the fight. Yeah. Not not going out there to meet your fighter. Yeah. You know what I mean? But you know, well, yeah. no, because it it wasn't even just the trying to wrestling. Like he was getting into like dirty boxing situations where he's he's closing distance and giving Cormier yeah. chances to land yeah. punches. Yeah. He's like, yeah. you're yeah. taller than him, you're longer than him. You're yeah, trying you to wrestle reach. and stay in tight. Like you're doing the two yeah. dumbest things possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for, for me, you know, I hadn't seen Cormier fight before um, outside of you know YouTube. And I was impressed with what he's able to do. Um, 
you know, I'm very impressed with his wrestling ability. I had no idea he was, you know, picked to go to the Olympics and all that stuff. You know, I, I was impressed with him, which would make me very intrigued to see him fight uh, John Jones. If that ever happens, I don't know. But, um, you know, it, that really gives opens my eyes a bit to see why he was so distraught the last time they weren't able to fight. Like, that, it, it was big news, but I didn't really understand, like, why is he so pissed off that he can't fight Jones? Yeah. Uh, now I think I know actually seeing him fight live. Um, you know, so I, I was very impressed with Cormier, not impressed at all with Johnson. Uh, but like you guys said, he went away from what should have been his game plan and just didn't execute anything at all that was, would have been productive for himself. So, I mean, you know, another fight. Yeah, he'd probably stick to a game plan a little bit better, but yeah, I don't, I don't really know. I still kind of don't really know what I watched because it was, it, like I said, it was just nothing you guys told me to watch for. Yeah, <laughs> literally, it was I mean, the exact I, the we opposite. Can try to break it down. <laughs> yeah, it, it was literally the exact opposite of what you told me to look for. Yeah. But hey, that happened. That shocked that everybody, happened. man. Yeah. But let me ask you this, Darnell. Yeah, we, uh, we definitely know how he's supposed to fight. It's yeah. just he didn't do it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah, Darnell, man. Uh, after the fight, DC was just getting booed like crazy. Uh, I like how he's embracing, you know, embracing that role of being a villain, even though I don't know what the hell he deserved to be that villain. But is there any way possible that he could turn this around and be a good guy? Uh, for the fans in the UFC, because uh, they just they just they just hate this guy, man. No, he's just that designated <laughs> guy. Like, just for some reason, they do not. I don't know why, but like, I, I listen to reasons why. I'm just like, and you can ask, like, okay, so who's your favorite fighter? Like, some people will say like he's arrogant or cocky, and then it's like, okay, so who do you like? Well, I like Conor McGregor, and I'm like. What? <laughs> like, like, I, I don't, that, that doesn't vibe arrogant or cocky and you yeah. like these two guys. But I mean, I don't know. It's just, I don't know if it's his style or is it just some issue or just, or that he, he keeps poking the snake and pointing out true things about John Jones. And, yeah. Since, I mean, Jones is just the guy that people like to give a thousand chances to add at. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I, I just don't get it, but I mean, if, if he's comfortable with accepting the hate that the crowd gives him, he kind of show that. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, he's that guy that seem, they seem to hate for no reason because I don't know what he's done this so bad that yeah, he's like, not a boring fighter. He he goes out, he he throws heavy punches. He he even as a wrestler, he's exciting because he has some of those big like terms and dropping them on their heads to throw them around and yeah. So so yeah, I mean, I guess it's like a combination that he is the antagonist to John Jones and I think partially some of it's still that uh 
he also was one of those guys that got a victory over Anderson that yeah. everybody was hoping he would come and get that last bit of glory. So, but yeah, I mean, this, that's one of those confusing things to me. Like, this, anything ridiculous not gotten in any type of trouble? Like, is it because he's too squeaky clean? I don't, yeah. I don't know. But, like, maybe because, maybe just because he's that company guy. He, he goes out, brings his lunch pail, works, does what he needs to do. He's one of the UFC's top analysts uh, when he's not fighting. Like, I, I don't know. I guess just that combination of things. Just people don't like it. Really don't understand it. But you can't change people's minds. So hopefully he realizes that. He accepts it. And they can get him, be as mad at him as he wants, but he's a light heavyweight. Yeah. Getting Except close it. and getting cash, yeah. Like you said. Yeah, I was gonna say stack chips. If, yeah. if they pay if they pay to watch you lose and and don't get it, they still pay, right? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, I just definitely don't get it, man. Uh, you know, just come from me, I'm a huge uh John Jones guy. I like Jones, but I can admit, you know, John Jones has done some stupid stuff in the past. Um, especially with this rivalry against DC, uh, with all the stuff John Jones has done, uh, DC is definitely, you know, the good guy compared to Jones, but I just really can't get it, man. Like this guy, yeah, he goes out there, does his thing, um, squeaky clean, doesn't get in trouble, anything like that, just goes in there and just handles business and people just don't like the guy. So, you know, it looks like he's handling the, uh, hate and everything pretty well, but, um, you know, if he could just use that to keep getting more money in his pocket and everything like that, you know, so be it. You know, it's can't really do anything to doesn't really seem like he can do anything to change the fans mind and anything now. So just go out and do your thing. man. No, I mean, I mean it, like, especially just after the situation, the UFC 200, and he's the guy that's getting booed and yeah. people are like, on the edge of their seat waiting for Jones to come back. And, you know, he was the guy that had to drop out of the fight and they had to do all this to get somebody in there to fight him. I, I don't get people. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, what do you think is next for DC? Uh, because Jones, uh, his suspension is going to be coming to an end in July, I believe, June or July, I believe. But uh, I believe he's talking about uh, having a fight with um, Manua, if I said his name right. Uh, having yeah. A, yeah, having a fight with him uh, next instead of Jones. Uh, he said, you know, Jones is suspended right now, so he's not really uh, worried about that. But uh, what do you think will actually happen? You think he'll get Jones next or Manua or what? Well, I think the smart thing would be to have both of them on standby. Yeah. Uh, and which it sounds like that's the way things are going is, you know, uh, for, for as much as the fans and the crowd can't wait uh, for Jones to get back, it sounds like Cormier and Dana White are kind of in unison where they're throwing a lot of shade Jones way saying, I can't trust to trust him to be confident that he will make it to the next fight. Yeah. Uh, recent interviews, I mean, 
DC said basically, I'm not talking about a guy that's suspended until he's back active. Yeah. So like he's already cost me money basically. In a nutshell, that's what he said. And in a recent interview, Dana White said, "Just yeah, I mean, it would be a fun fight to set up." Baby. Dana White was pretty clear, said, "I can't trust him yeah. to make it to a fight." So that's that's rough. So mm-hmm. you you have to keep your options open. There's other title contenders out there besides Jones. I know uh, there's still that big probably majority when it comes to Cormier out there saying he's he's still not the real champion because Jones never lost the belt. Yeah. But the show has to go on. Exactly. If somebody's suspended for a year, you can't just have no champion for your probably your most marketable division as a whole. Yeah. Uh, Maybe not now with uh, Johnson retiring, but with the four fighters they had at the top of that division, you know, that was, that's a pretty bankable uh, division there. So show has to go on and, and the guy that shows up every time you, you call his name and even sometimes if he's not totally healthy, he shows up twice. Cormier fought for what three years on a torn meniscus. Yeah. <laughs> just just recently had the surgery like last year to get it cleaned up and fixed. So I mean you got this guy who even when he is hurt shows up and fights versus a guy that's you know, had run ins with the law, has been suspended for a possible PED or popping them pills. Or a penis extension <laughs> drug. <laughs> or uh <laughs> And, and then also just the, you basically got internal and from popping dirty for, for coat. Yeah. So, you know, one guy you, you can, you can write his name in pen for a fight, but the other guy you got to write his name in pencil because you might have to erase it and put somebody else in. Exactly. Yeah. And, and you, and you also can't blame Cormier too. I mean, dude wins. He, he just wins. Yeah. I mean, and I don't know if that has some to do with why people hate him. The fact that he just wins all the time. I mean, uh, from what I'm seeing on, uh, he's 19 and one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like you said, his name gets called and then he goes out and wins. Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, you, you can't blame Cormier for anything. Like you said, his name gets called. He's out there. He's out there and he wins. Yeah. He, he's, He's a good marketing tool. Yeah. All right, now about to get into uh, about to get into uh, the retirements. Uh, well, first we'll get into Patrick Cote. Uh, just thoughts on him retiring uh, from the UFC, Darnell. I mean, not totally shocked by it. Been around a long time in the UFC, so. Uh, would, I mean, I guess he probably wouldn't have retired if he won because he would have been a step closer to a, a title shot. Yeah. But, you know, it's always tough when, I mean, I guess both retirements that happen, they, they had to go out of, you know, uh, come a pro MMA fighter since I think Oath to War. Yeah. So that's 13 years in the game. That's a long time to be doing this, you know, 
and punched and your joints stretched out for money. Uh, so, and you know, he's another guy is on that later stage of, of 30. He, he's a 37 year old fighter too. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of good, a lot of good fights to his name. Uh, it was always, always fun to watch and game for a fight. Gave a lot of people tough fights that, that, that turned out to be great. Uh, you know, uh, good fights with, you know, greats like Anderson Silva, uh, Travis Luter, Luter, uh, and Tito Ortiz. Like, he, he's, he's fought a lot of great names. Never got to get a belt of his own, uh, in the UFC, but, you know, good fighter. Always been a, a staple, but, you know, sad to see him go, but, you know, you gotta make that decision for himself sometimes, right? Exactly. Now, what about Rumble, man? I was very shocked by this one. Uh, shocked by his performance and shocked by him announcing the retirement. Uh, just, yeah, how do you feel about that? It was just weird, but I mean, just, I mean, it, it, it was just the finishing factor to everything surrounding this card that was weird. Yeah. From, from Towelgate. To breast implant, to breast knee gate, and now we got <laughs> what we did. We yeah. Pearl mm-hmm. Gonzalez, who got pulled from a car, a car because of breast implants and then placed back on the card. Yeah. Uh, just, just, I guess it was just the only way to finish a weird night. You had yeah. a bunch of just crazy stuff going on around this car. So, but, uh, but like I was saying earlier, this at least kind of go, made me go, Oh, Maybe that's why he fought so stupid because, you know, later reading articles, he said he knew this was his last fight. Yeah. It wasn't just like a spur of the moment thing after he lost. I feel bad that I lost. I'm retiring. He knew this was his last fight. Yeah. So I, I just kind of feel like if you're, if you're that set that you know, like this is the last time I'm doing that, it takes a special type of mind to really have everything into it. Yeah. Yeah, I could definitely agree. You know, it definitely can sum it up uh, with his uh, performance. Um, this with him going out there doing the exact opposite of what everybody thought he was going to do. And then, you know, yeah, just him announcing the retirement. Uh, but there goes my dream matchup, man. I wanted to see him and Jones get it on, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen. Um I did hear reports, uh, I think it was from his trainer that said he, the reason why he, uh, decided to retire is that he's pursuing football. Um, I think the NFL. So I'm not sure how much that is, but yeah, that'll be interesting to see if he actually takes his talents to the football field. I'm not sure what roster he can make in the NFL. <laughs> That's if if that's the reason. That's I, I guess he'll just have to surprise me. Hey, that's man. ridiculous. The Lions, man. But yeah, that's... as bad as the Lions can be. <laughs> Don't say that, Trey. He couldn't make them. He couldn't make the. He couldn't make the Browns. How, how about he goes oh, to play for the ah. Ravens, Trey? How about that? Oh man. 
Yeah, he could, yeah, don't, he could stay don't, home. Don't wish about my if you wouldn't wish about yours. <laughs> yeah, but I was yeah, I was just reading into that, man. But yeah, I believe yeah, I believe it was yeah, he's pursuing football, so um it's gonna be interesting, yeah, if you know, I would like to see him fail so he can get back in the UFC and do his thing, you know, I definitely believe, you know, that's his talent, but you know, I don't mind him, you know pursuing the desires of his heart, but uh, yeah, that's what I heard, man, him pursuing an NFL career, I believe, so. Uh, like I say, good luck. You're going to have to surprise me, but I don't think you can make a practice squad in the NFL. Oh, man. <laughs> he's, not, he's not that type of athlete. He's meant to crack people in the jaw and throw people around. That's what he was built to do. Yeah. He, I, I mean, just from his own fighting style, I've never seen anything that makes me think like even like he doesn't pre- even project as like a DN or something like that. Yeah, especially trying to come in in his thirties. Yeah, they're uh, you know? thirty-three. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, that's yeah. Good luck. Yeah, yes. Wish, wish you well. Good luck. If yeah, you can get so. it. More power to you, but I don't see it. Yeah, so you know that's just what what it sounded like with from his trainer, but um, you know, just with this, if if it is the NFL and it doesn't work out, uh, do you think he could be making a return back to the UFC? Do you honestly feel this is this was the last time we saw Anthony Johnson? Do you think he'd be making a comeback, or do you think he's actually done? I mean, he seemed pretty comfortable saying it. Yeah. So I mean. Uh, I didn't feel like, I, I wonder, like, just from hearing him talk about it, it seems like he, he was pretty sure I'm, I'm done with this. I mean, he, he said it, but yeah. I, I don't like getting punched in the face for money and stuff like that. It's not fun. Yeah. So he might be getting hit in the face if he does in NFL. So he was throwing that body at him, but just have to see, man. But all right, guys, uh, you guys have anything left to add for the UFC? No. All right. Okay, up next, we're about to get into the NBA. Uh, about to talk about the Pistons. Uh, been very disappointing this year. Uh, what do you think they should focus on during the offseason uh, to improve for next year? Everything. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly... Now, now being out of market, uh, I catch them fewer than I, you know, ever have. But you know what? What? What I saw of them this year, I still streamed them a few times and got to see enough of them. They just don't have a killer instinct out on the floor. They don't want, it, at least from what I see, in a close game, late in the game, they don't play with urgency. They they don't have someone on the team who just has a killer instinct to want to shut shut the game out. You know, like uh, one player I think of, uh, you know, when you talk about dominating, taking over in the end is uh, Isaiah Thomas for Boston. You know, when it's close and in the fourth quarter, he's the one putting up 16 to 20 points in the fourth quarter. The Pistons just don't have that right now. They they don't have, well, for one, they don't play good enough defense to get a big lead and they don't play good enough offense to gain one either. So, 
from what I see, they do need to work on a little bit of everything, but I think they need to somehow find somebody or somebody needs to just gain the mentality of wanting to shut, shut a game out and take control and put it away. I mean, I mean, I, I can't tell you how many close games they've had this year that they should have won. Uh, and really, there are only a couple spots out of the eighth spot. I mean, they're already eliminated. But they lost enough close games to where they should be in the playoffs, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, there, I mean, there's a lot to fix with this team. Uh, from the top down, uh, I guess, with top top being Van Gundy. Um, yeah, I was just about to ask that, uh, you know, always, no matter what sport it is, if you have a coach, uh, he gets the blame. You know, he's uh, the president and the uh, coach for the Pistons. Um, yeah. Is he the right fit for this team, you think, or should they look for somebody else or what? I mean, like I said earlier in the year when we talked about it, I think he needs to pick one position and stick with it. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, his uh, basketball decisions as as president of operations haven't helped him out as coach. Uh, so, of course, you want your coach to have input uh, on drafting players, uh, trading for players, signing players. I'm not sure if you want your coach in full control of these things. You know, uh, as, as Lil Wayne for, says, I talk to myself because I am my own consultant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that's basically the situation. <laughs> exactly. That, that actually is from, oh, that, man. that, that, that great word. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, the, the experiment of giving him just full control of the reins, it, it hasn't worked out. And, the the two biggest stars on the team both fell far short of what was expected of them this year. Uh, Drummond fell off a little bit defensively. He still hasn't improved at all at the free throw line where he's still a liability at the end of games if they're close. Uh, a lot of games where he wasn't in in the fourth quarter because it was you know two three-point game and teams knew all they had to do was follow rebound yeah uh and then reggie jackson was just a roller coaster this year you know at, at times he looked good and at times he was being put with the second unit yeah uh so I set him out the ending uh to the season so yeah 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 so i mean right now like I feel like their best, most consent, consistent piece is right now is a guy who was made fun of a lot back in the day, uh, well, back a year or two ago, but uh, KCP, Octavius yeah. Caldwell-Pope, yeah. seems to be the one guy that, the only guy I would say you probably want to keep uh, on the team because he's kind of starting to live up to some of, some of his expectations. I'm not sure if he's max deal worthy, which he might be uh, asking for, but a lot of pieces are going to be moving with the Pistons uh, yeah. this offseason. Uh, 
Uh, me and Tyler talking earlier, but I think what Drummond's contract is up. Actually, I, I looked that up. He, he re-signed. He, he re-signed. Yeah, I, I thought he so, so okay. he's got five years. So he's on contract through 2021. Okay. So, well, with that, I think a decision has to be made. I, I don't think, I don't think they can keep both Drummond and Jackson. I think one has to go. Just, you can only have one inconsistent star on a team. So, one of these deals has to be moved to somewhere. I mean, Drummond is probably a more uh, palatable pickup for a lot of teams where they could actually get some decent value back. Because, I mean, he is seven feet tall and very good offensively outside of free throws. Mm-hmm. If he could be put with a team that could cover a lot of his weaknesses, he could. He could blossom into something, which would mean you may be able to get something worthwhile, maybe a decent draft pick or a couple other decent pieces that you may be able, that Stan may be able to put together and, and work with. Yeah. But, but with Reggie Jackson and Drummond as your best two players, your show is not, it's not something that can work out. Yeah. 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 Completely agree there. You know, we, we were also, you know, talking that the, the market for Reggie Jackson is just no longer there. That, unfortunately, that was very short lived for the business. You know, I thought he was going to be the guy to bring the swag back, you know, bring the bad boys back to Detroit. Like that was the mentality that Reggie Jackson came in with. And unfortunately for the Pistons, they bought into it and. A year and a half later, years later, year and a half or two years, it's just not there anymore. But, um, you know, we, we were also, you know, talking about the draft. And for the Pistons, uh, they have not drafted well over the last decade. I mean, look at their draft picks, really. Well, really, really, since, since Darko, they've not drafted well at all. Um, you know, their two best draft picks being KCP and Drummond. Um, I don't think anybody, you know, except last year's draft, I don't think anybody they drafted prior to that was still on the team, Uh, which is very disheartening for a Pistons fan. I mean, you look at a team like Golden State, you know, you draft Clay Thompson, you draft Draymond Green, you draft Steph Curry, and they all pan out. You know, Detroit, you know, you draft Darko, it doesn't pan out. You know, Jason Maxiel was with the team for a long time, and then, but he was never really that good, you know. Drummond, yeah, I'd say Drummond worked out, you know, good player, bad free throw shooter, but, you know, the guy's given you a lot. Um, and you just, seriously, just look up who they've, dra- who they've drafted. None of them turned into anything. So, they, they need to start drafting better, too. I mean, I, and like I said, that falls under Stan Van Gundy now. Um, they, and, and I think this is a draft that they, they could potentially start to turn the ship. I mean, it'll be interesting to see who officially comes out not because, you know, one name I've thrown to you, Darnell's Miles Bridges. I would love for the Pistons to draft Miles Bridges. Um, you know, very athletic guy built for the NBA, can shoot, can play at the rim, plays above the rim. 
uh, kind of has the all-around game, and I, I would love to see him in a Pistons jersey, hometown kid, um, hometown college. Uh, I, I, I would love to see him play in Detroit. Uh, if he, he would stayed, fill up Little Caesars Arena. People would go see him. You're, you're absolutely right. People would buy his jersey. You know, but my, if he stays, he stays and, you know, that's his decision. You know, another year at Michigan State could serve him well. But if he leaves now, he's still a lottery pick and he'll still make his money. So I wouldn't, to, to an extent, I would be surprised if he stayed. But if he stayed, I would get it. It's one of those situations. Um, but you know, I, I, I would love to see them draft him if he goes to the draft. So, you know, I think, how they choose to draft this year will be very, very key. Like I, I, I'm tired of watching the Pistons draft players and then I either see them go to the Grand Rapids Drive, their D League affiliate, or I see them traded in three or four years after their contract runs up. I, I'm just, I'm just tired of it. I mean, Stanley Johnson's not really working out. Uh, I, and that list could go on forever. And honestly, I'm I'm tired of just watching draft picks go to the wayside while other teams draft very well and benefit from getting. Um, I mean, free agency is all as always served Detroit very well. I mean, even back to the bad boy days, you know, you get, uh, you know, through trade and through free agency, you know, you get, you know, players like McGuire, Lambeer, uh, Adrian Dantley. And then moving forward, you know, you're looking at Richard Hamilton, Chauncey Billups, Rasheed Wallace, just free agency and trading's kind of always been the Detroit way. But uh, the NBA now, um, more than less, your, your teams are getting there through drafting these players. Um, so... For me, I think the draft's going to be big for Detroit. They're going to be in the lottery, so that means they they should have a big selection still to choose from when it's their pick. I know a lot of uh, places are having them fall between pick 11 and pick 15, I believe. So they'll be on the latter half. But, you know, they only get one pick this year, so they better make it count. All right, guys. Anything else to add for the Pistons? Get better this year. Yeah. <laughs> Get better. Not 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 making the playoffs. Big disappointment. Yeah. Very big disappointment. Yeah. That roster should be in the playoffs. Yeah, definitely had high expectations for them this year, and yeah, fell short. I mean, I think we all had them at least in. Yeah. Whether it was seven, eight, or six, like we had them in. <clears throat> All right, now up next, we're about to get into LeBron James. Uh, he made some statements last week about him not really being worried about the regular season since he's been to the finals six times in a row. Uh, but <laughs> should he be worried about this team, man? Because they've been sucking it up uh, as of late, um, especially with the playoffs right around the corner. Uh, should he was he bluffing? You think maybe, or is should he just be worried about just how his team is performing right now? Oh, I think uh, it was straight up poker face. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I'll, I'll expand on this a little bit because I have changed. I have changed my tune here. Uh, what was it? Two weeks ago, I believe it was. I said I don't think they should be too worried. 
Uh, and then the other day I texted you guys and I kind of said it's like it's it's time to panic. Panic time. <laughs> I mean, I I when I said I don't think they should panic, I still thought they were going to have the number one seed. I didn't expect for it to keep up. Yeah, like I mean, it's theirs. Um, and granted, I saw stats today. LeBron James has uh, never failed to make the finals as a two seed. So interesting, but LeBron James shouldn't be a two seed. Um, this team is, I don't even know what the word is, uh, letting off the gas, I guess. Like there, the urgency isn't there. The one they're, they're acting like the one seed's not that big of a deal. Um, and to be fair for LeBron James, I don't know that it is. But I'm with you, Darnell. I think he's totally bluffing. The regular season doesn't matter. Um, I mean, and this isn't the direct quote because I don't have it right in front of me. But in in gist, he said, I've made it to six straight finals. I don't think you should be asking me whether the regular season counts or not. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I've been to six straight finals. I'm yeah. the last person you should be asking about a regular season game. Yeah, so... So, I mean, it, that right there just proves that he cares way more about the playoffs than the regular season. And to be fair, what do you play the regular season for? To get into the playoffs. Yeah. And they're in the playoffs. Like, And I understand that. But this team is not looking good. Yeah. I mean, you, you get Darren Williams scoring 35, even on a night you're resting two of your big three, and you still can't beat a team that's, what, the six seed? Yeah. So yeah, you have twenty six, like a twenty six point lead heading into the fourth quarter. Yeah, like that, Atlanta. that should that should yeah. never happen. Blow that away. Yeah, uh, I definitely think he was in full. Like I said, he, he's showing his poker face. I don't think anybody that has watched Cleveland play over the last couple of weeks can say that's a championship type team. They can't guard anybody. Mm-hmm. They they gave up a twenty five point lead in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Like they that, that's I, terrible. Yeah, <laughs> I, I heard a terrible. Like there was some stat. I wish I had the exact number, but like teams with a lead that big going into the fourth quarter, like 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 two hundred and something and oh, yeah. And that's, that's, so this was the, like, basically the first time that this happened that a team gave a belief that big going into the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. It's a, I mean, I mean, he's in game. And I know LeBron's the last person you should ask about a regular season game. If I'm a coach, if I'm a fan, if I'm anything, and I see my team believe in fourth quarter when I'm a week away from the playoffs, yeah, I'm not comfortable. Uh, like we were saying last week, this, this is not the same, uh, group of teams in the East that Cleveland went through last year. They're, they're gonna lose more than a game. Hold on, no, 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 darn it. Yeah, NBA teams that won their last 1,005 games when entering the fourth quarter with a lead of 25 plus points. Did you say a thousand? Uh, yeah, it says a thousand and five according to Mark Stein. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Mark Stein from the Stein, yeah. A thousand and five. A 
So you just let that sit. Just <laughs> let that marinate there. A thousand and five and one now, and that one is clean. Yeah. I mean, that's not a good sign. Like, so every metric you could look at, saying is it a thousand and five games in, that should have been a game they they could have coasted to a win. They they choked it away. That's how bad their defense is right now. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not a Cleveland fan myself, but I mean, they're a good team. I, I like watching great teams play, but that's not a great team. Yeah. If you're in Cleveland, you should be panicking because this is a team that might not make finals, let alone win. Yeah, and a team that's usually impressive going into the playoffs is very underwhelming. Like, I, I don't know that there's anything or any any area where we're looking at Cleveland with any group of folks. All right, guys. Uh, anything else to add for LeBron? Like I say, he he might be great in the playoffs, but I don't know if he can. I don't know if he can drag the squad through. Like maybe through the whole East, but I mean this this team is not winning the championship. Yeah, as as they're playing right now. Exactly. All right, guys. Just looking at the playoff picture so far. Um, we don't have all the teams set. Uh, for who, who's going to be in the playoffs yet. I uh, got some pretty close battles just coming in for the night uh, that's going to determine the rest of the season for the playoffs. But uh, just so far, uh, from what you know, uh, what matchups interest you the most for round one? Yeah, um, I, I guess I'll just go real quick. And, and just, I guess, for an honesty thing here like I think anybody Golden State plays is an interesting matchup just because like you always wonder who can push them far like if they get into a you know a seven game series in the first couple of rounds then things get a lot of fun in that Western Conference yeah. they um, have unless Portland it's you know Spurs one, so. yeah but, but what I'm saying is you know if someone could take them to six or seven before San Antonio can then, then we're always, you know, then we'll have a lot to talk about. We'll start speculating a lot of things that probably aren't even there. But, you know, Gold, Golden State's a team I'm going to, I'm going to try and catch every single one of their playoff games. Uh, because, you know, they're, they're the team to watch in the Western Conference, followed by San Antonio. Um, but I think my favorite matchup is going to be Oklahoma City versus Houston. Because it's just going to be solely based on the fact of the Harden Westbrook matchup. I believe you know Houston will win that one. Picks in a little bit, but uh, do you guys think this will possibly whoever wins this will possibly determine an MVP for the season? No, because I think it's just a regular season award. Okay, I don't believe the playoffs are a factor there. Okay, um, but but you know with it being in all likelihood, the top two MVP candidates. I think that'll just make for a fun series. I fully expect Houston to win that in at least five, maybe six. Uh, they're they're just a better team all around, uh, better top to bottom. But uh, I think that'll be a fun matchup. And then also, 
another one I'll be looking forward to is uh, the Jazz and the Clippers. Just because, you know, once again, the Clippers uh, tend to be disappointing in the playoffs. Uh, I think the Jazz have a great young roster. I-, I like their team a lot. I really like Gordon Hayward. I like Rudy Gobert. I think those two players are for real. Uh, and that, that'll just be a fun 4-5 matchup. Uh, I think that'll be better than the Wizards and Hawks 4-5 in the East. Um, so I, I would like to see the Jazz win that one personally. I just like their roster a little better. I like their youth. I think it'd be better for the future of the NBA than watching the Clippers fail again. Uh, so, so I mean, if there were, if there were, if there was, you know, two, I'd say it, I'm excited about, they'd both be in the West and they'd be the three, six Houston, Oklahoma City and the four, five Clippers versus Jazz. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you with, uh, OKC Houston. I think that's pretty much at the first round matchup. I mean, everybody with a brain has circled. This is the one you want to see. Uh, you, you have the two leading MVP candidates going head to head. I mean, that's, and, and the style of play, this one just looks like it'll be a very fun series to watch. It'll, it'll um, be fast. It'll be very fast. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, on, on the east side, I'm, I'm interested in Toronto, Milwaukee, just because I want to see, uh, and what kind of matchup they have in the second round, uh, for probably Cleveland. And then, I'm interested to see who actually gets the seventh spot to play Cleveland. I would like to see Chicago Cleveland just for that, you know, kind of deal there. I think that would be kind of fun to watch and, and see how that goes. Uh, and then you have Jimmy Butler, see how he does in a, in a playoff where, you know, he's, he's officially just cemented as the man there in, in Chicago. To see what he would be able to do against uh, the the king of the East in in Cleveland. Yeah, did Wade, uh, uh, but those did are Wade get cleared back to uh, play yet? You know? No, he's done. Um, no, he's pre- actually done, or okay? Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure they ruled him out, and that he might have come but, back. But, okay. Really, I had not heard that. But okay. if he would, that would make that series only that much more fun to watch. Okay. If you, if you could see Wade and LeBron play against each other in the playoffs, that'd be fun. Well, yeah, because I thought they said he he would at least be ready for the playoffs. I didn't uh, I didn't hear that, but it doesn't mean I just missed it. Okay. So yeah, might have to see him. Yeah, might actually see them uh, compete later on. Then, so. But yeah, I mean that's those those are about the things that you know kind of. The ones that pique my interest, at least for the first round. Yeah. Uh, just for me, I would say uh, San Antonio and Memphis. Uh, you guys basically covered, but that one, uh, those two, they've had some uh, pretty good games. In the, they played tough the, games. Yeah, they played tough yeah. games. So uh, this would be interesting with that. You know, Tim Duncan, they don't have uh, Timmy in the playoffs uh, with them this year. So they kind of got a little new uh a little bit new Russell with Powell in there to see how he'll play in the uh, 
playoffs and stuff like that. But yeah, just history. Those two, uh, they grind it out in the playoffs. So I'll definitely be on the lookout for that uh, as well. But you guys, yeah, no, wait, just just let's say, yeah, way, ways ways back. Uh, okay, he, okay, he, okay, he played he played against the Nets last game. He had fourteen. Okay, points in his. He he's he's set for the playoffs. Okay. So, I yeah. thought I thought I thought he was ruled out for the season. So that, that's yeah, fine. me too. When, when yeah, they, I heard, when they, yeah, when the injury first happened, yeah, they said he would probably be out for the rest of the regular season. But uh, he, they, he worked his way back, and they said he he was close to returning. So I guess they they had him play. And and also to be fair, like you said, Darnell, they have to make it first. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So exactly. So win tonight and hope for a loss somewhere. All right, we're about to get into a couple of the awards now. Um, but yeah, for rookie of the year, who would you guys have? Rookie of the year, you said? Yeah. Would you still give it to, um, Embiid or was the injuries that that cost him the award? It is tough just because <laughs> this rookie class was just not impressive. Just <laughs> out, yeah. outside of Embiid, it was just not. So, I mean, you look at probably your choices are Dario Saric and and Malcolm Brogdon probably. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. So, I mean, I feel like just with Embiid's shortened season, you probably still is most deserving, but it will probably go to. Yeah, it's tough because. Like you said, the injury to MB just, I think, took too much out of his season. Mm-hmm. Uh, missing the games that he missed really hinders your ability to give him rookie of the year. It's like the guy only played half a season and even, well, a little over half a season. But even at that point, he only played half of those games. Yeah. It's really tough to give it to him just based on the fact that his his game's plate isn't there. Um, so I, I'm right there with Darnell. I think uh, Brogdon and Sarek are going to be the the two guys that's you know debated between. And just based on the numbers, you're looking at uh, Dario playing for the 76ers. Uh, averaged 12.8 points a game, 6.3 rebounds. Uh, well, Brogdon was at 10.2 points, 4.2 assists, and 2.8 rebounds. Um, I could see it going to either one of these guys, um, you know, not being in their markets. We don't get to see them a ton. Them being on the teams around, they don't even get national coverage a lot. So, um, I would probably give it to Dario Sark, but, um, if it goes to Brogdon, I won't, I won't be too upset. Yeah. Same. Yeah, I can definitely agree there. Because, yeah, be, because to, to be fair, uh, both players have gone through a pretty big stretch of the season where they where they played outstanding. Uh, Dario's came later in the year. Malcolm's kind of came in the middle of the year when he kind of gained his starting role with that team. Yeah, uh, you know he, he started for a while. That's why I'm thinking Dario since it's fresher in yeah. people's mind. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. Uh, I, I think. I per, I would get Dario. Uh, I I like the way he plays too a little bit. I I think he his game is definitely NBA. Uh, Brogdon I think still has um, 
some growing pains that he's got to go through in the NBA. I think Dario uh, has fewer areas where he needs to grow with his game. I think he just needs to have the experience. Uh, I, I think Brogdon actually needs to grow a bit more in the game. So based on that, I'd, I'd give it to Dario Saric. Yeah, I'd give it to Dario um, as well. Just uh, I wouldn't give this guy uh, the award uh, for sure. But Buddy Hill, um, you know, he's had some flashes when he went to Sacramento. He's had some good games too. So uh, just, mm-hmm. you know, how Sacramento is, man. But if he stays there, I uh, just would really like, just like to see how his game will further develop um, if they continue to stay in Sacramento. So uh, got rid of Cousins from stupid trades. So might trade, get rid of him for a stupid trades as well. So just have to see. Now, who would you guys give defensive player of the year to? Uh, is it a lock with Kawhi? I'd give it to him. I mean, I think you can make the argument for Draymond Green as well, just because he's also very solid defensively. But I, I like I like Kawhi Leonard uh, here for sure. Um, the amazing stat came out last week, I believe, and I think I sent the picture to you guys. There's yeah. uh, more steel. Feels in his career than fouls. That's incredible. Yeah, that that's ridiculous. Absolutely yeah. incredible. Uh, I told that stat to my dad, and he says, "How is that possible?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you know, it, it, the, the guy just has the mindset of playing defense and playing defense the right way. So, exactly. uh, also, it's it's uh, I believe it's six hundred and sixty something steals to six hundred and fifty something fouls. Like, that's it was it was incredible when I saw that I couldn't believe it but uh, yeah I like I like Kawhi Leonard yeah, yeah I think it's a two two horse race is between Kawhi and and Day Day uh, Draymond his, his season's been a little quieter this year since uh, he, he's probably the one that gave up the most of his scoring role uh, with the Warriors to accommodate for getting KD but. Defensively, I feel like he, as good of a defensive player as he's been, I feel like he actually stepped it up a little bit more. Uh, one of the things that people worried about with Golden State is they don't have the rim protector. And yeah. I think he's picked it up a lot to protect the paint. Just kind of comes down to where people are looking, uh, more for how Kawhi is on the perimeter dealing with, uh, twos and threes a lot. And the or the dirty work that Draymond has been doing this season. Uh, so I mean, I guess I guess I gotta I gotta go with my my fellow alum. So I'll. I'll <laughs> Draymond. All right, man, got support. All right, now who would you guys give Coach of the Year to? Uh, for me, I chose Brad. Can't Davis. believe I'm saying it. Oh, I could you choose Trey? Yeah, I, I chose uh, Brad Stevens. Stevens. Uh, I knew the Celtics was going to make the playoffs, but uh, you know, for them to get the uh, first uh, seed uh, for the East, uh, I was just impressed with that. Uh, I think I know who you're going to go with, uh, Darnell, and I, I think so. <laughs> go ahead and say, yeah, it. <laughs> I, I, I can't believe I'm saying it, but Mike D'Antoni. <laughs> I. I mean, he, he's been somebody I've mocked for years because of the teams that he runs, but yeah. he, he has Houston looking nice. And for a team that I thought would probably be 
Like, I, I thought Oklahoma City wouldn't make the playoffs probably, and I thought Houston would probably be a seven or eight seed at best. And yeah. He has them three. I, I, I tip my hat. I, I got to give it to him for how they're playing, how they look. I, I give him a nice little golf clap. I, I think he's earned coach of the year. Yeah, he, he was a front runner for me. Yeah, absolutely remarkable. Yeah. Uh, like I had them being around the say six, seven, or eight, and you know he's got a possible MVP candidate in James Harden, and you know he has those guys rolling right now. So they're yeah, playing he, great basketball. He definitely he him putting Harden as the primary ball handler. You know. He's not really the point guard of Patrick Beverly out there, but making him the primary ball handler has really given James Harden. I don't know. A lot of people have like suddenly forgotten that he can't play defense. Yeah. <laughs> like we're so, we're so enamored <laughs> yep. with what he's doing on offense that yeah. we don't care that he can't play defense anymore. Uh, and I guess Mike D'Antone is the only guy that could have done that. And, and Trey, you know, what you're saying with Brad Stevens. And what he's doing in Boston, possibly taking the number one seed away from Cleveland, well, Isaiah he Thomas. Did, no, they clinched it. Uh, the Cavs. Oh, they won. Yeah. They won. So it's, oh, it's, okay. It's Cavs lost. So, yeah, they okay. actually got it. Yeah. So, yeah, then they have the number one seed. Uh, Isaiah Thomas is having, you know, he's following up a great year with another great year, and uh, you know, Al Horford was a very nice addition for them. That team's playing with some with some confidence right now, and you know I really like both coaches. If they could share the award, I'd give it to both of them, to be honest. But if I really had to pick one, I'd probably get Brad Stevens. Uh, making the transition from college to the NBA as a coach is very tough. Uh, Billy Donovan is doing it right now as well. Granted, he's doing it with a lot less talent. You know, taking Oklahoma City to the six feet on the back of Russell Westbrook, but uh, you know. Uh, Brad Stevens coming from the, from the mid major school. I didn't I didn't know if he'd be able to cut it in the NBA, and he's he's proven that he can do it and do it very well. So yeah, I, I'd side with Trey here and give it to Brad Stevens. Yeah. Um, and then okay. I had one just one that I would feel a little better about it if they were able to make the playoffs because they're in that that three team triangle. But I think at least for the second half of the season, they're exposed to it. Yeah. Uh, okay. Crazy, especially for how they started the year. They started terrible. Yeah. But uh, he put that team together to at least be in striking distance for a playoff spot. Uh, I got to get credit to. Yeah. yeah. If there was like a second second half of the season award. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just uh, another one for me for coaches uh, was Quinn Snyder, uh, the Utah Jazz coach. Uh, definitely yeah. was surprised with this team's performance for the year. Uh, I believe they're the fourth or fifth seed in the West. Fifth yeah, fifth seed. Uh, don't, yeah, didn't even have this team going to the playoffs. Uh, you know, Gordon Hayward, uh, he's been balling out this year. So another guy, uh, that, you know, he would probably be third pick for me as, uh, Snyder, but, uh, remarkable job with the Utah Jazz, what they were able to do this year. Very shocked, uh, by that one. So. All right, guys. Most valuable player. Uh, this is this is an interesting one. Do you choose the guy that's been having a great season? Uh, but you know, some people say he could have had uh, done better with the wins, or you know, do you got the guy uh, that's doing having the wins and has still having a remarkable season with uh, James Harden and Russell Westbrook? Uh, who do you guys think will get it? 
Give Brody. I'll take Russell Westbrook. <laughs> I, I on it. For me, if you were to take the MVP off of this team, they would not have the same identity. Uh, if you take Russell Westbrook off of the Oklahoma City Thunder, they might be the second worst team in the league. Third worst team, maybe. Uh, they, that, that team literally is nothing without him. Uh, what he did this season is remarkable. Averaged a triple double. Um, and to a point, making it look easy, uh, breaking the triple double record. Uh, he kind of struggled to get the record though, which I kind of laughed at because he tied it. And then the next two games, he didn't have a triple double. And I was thinking, he, is he going to get the record alone or is he going to stay tied? Yeah. Uh, I, I was well, kind of concerned. He was awful shooting the ball the game after. I know. Like I was, I was getting concerned (laughs) for a minute, but he ended up getting the record and, you know, got to give him a lot of credit there. Uh, That was a record that had said for a very long time. Uh, And Oscar Robertson actually went uh, to Oklahoma City and gave Russell Westbrook the nod for MVP. So that, that was kind of cool on Oscar Robertson's part. But uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, averaging a triple double. Uh, scoring a lot of points. His efficiency numbers aren't really there, and a lot of people like to knock him for that. Being the guys are doing but, everything, you know, yeah, rebounds. Yeah, well, the, well look, at, look at that roster. Do you want him shooting the ball more? Do you want, you know, I don't know, Steven Adams shooting the ball more? Do you want Victor Oladipo <laughs> shooting the ball more? Do you want Kander shooting more threes than Russell Westbrook in a game? Yeah. Like, I, I, I don't. Like, you don't want Russell Westbrook shooting the ball 50 times a game or anything, but you have to expect him to be taking the most shots on the team. Yeah. But he's saying, well, you know, he's shooting 40%. You know, it's kind of like, so what? That team needs him shooting all of that 40%, and they need him to be taking that 20-something shots a game. Yeah. Like, there's no way I'm going to have Andre Robertson shooting the ball 15 times. No way. Yeah. So, you know, say what you want about the efficiency numbers, but I think Russell Westbrook's done enough for me. Uh, I'd, I'd give him the MVP with Harden finishing in second. Uh, yeah. LeBron in third. Yeah. Just because uh, he's LeBron, man. He always does good. <laughs> I agree. Uh, I go Russ because simply put 42, 42 triple points. Yeah. Uh, and like uh, people are trying to call him out saying like he, he's he was hunting for the triple doubles, hunting for stats. Like no, Oklahoma City needed him to do that. Although, uh, like if you look at Oklahoma City's record, they've won forty-seven games so far. They've only won thirteen games when Russ didn't have tri- triple double. Yeah. So that means. 34 games, they probably won because this dude had a triple double. So they needed him to get out there and do everything on the court. This, this is not a, it's not a good roster. Minus, minus Russ. Yeah. Next best player is, is Victor Oladipo, who's a solid number three option on a good team. He, he probably shouldn't be a team's number two option. Uh, so, 
I, I go with it just simply put. I mean, if, if you take him off of this, like I said, though, of those games where like 34 games where they won pretty much on the back of him getting a triple double, they won 13 games without him doing that. If you take him off of this team, this might be like a Philadelphia 76ers a year or two ago. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is the kind of record they would have. So let's and, give and the guys how, credit. Yeah. And, and also, to be fair, you know, how many times did we see an MVP win solely because he was just averaging a ton of points? Yeah. Yeah. Like, based on points alone. Like, well, and Russell's Russell leading the league. He's almost averaging 32 a game. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's crazy good. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. a lot of, how many times does a, uh, does the uh, league's leading score not even average thirty? Yeah. And this and this is a six three, a six three point guard yeah. averaged over ten boards too. Crazy, yeah, yeah. yeah it, like I, I would understand an argument for James Harden, I really would. But just looking at the body of work that Russell Westbrook has put in this season, and the stats he's putting up versus what the rest of his team is putting up. To, to me, it's not even comparable around the league. Yeah. In any other year, like I would be totally fine giving this to Harden, but I mean, the guy is averaging a yeah. triple double. I, I know Oscar didn't win it when he averaged it, but they weren't keeping track of triple doubles at that point. They, we do keep track of this now and we can look at the numbers and see what Oklahoma City record, what their record is in his triple double games. And it's by far a winning record because, like I said, with this, with this roster, they need Russ doing everything he's done this season. They needed this Superman Hercules type effort to get them to the playoffs. And I, I don't see how anybody can. How could you not vote for this guy? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, just simply, yeah, I just give it to Russ. Uh, this unbelievable season. I do like Harden, what he's been able to do, but do believe that Harden overall just has a better cast around him than Russ. Uh, if Russ had that, the cast that, uh, Harden's had, uh, be crazy how just their record would be, uh, compared to what it is now. But yeah. Russ doesn't have the uh, players around him that he can rely on that like Harden does. So, um, yeah, just simply Russell Westbrook, I give it to him. Yeah, I mean, who, you know, kind of like you're saying there, Trey, who would you rather have shooting the ball, the three point champion or Andre Robertson? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> take, take your pick. Yeah, you're sleeping on Robertson, man. <laughs> yeah, that what, six points a game? Yeah. Woo. Sleeping. All right, guys. Uh, for the final bit, uh, we're gonna get break down the playoffs uh, next week uh, since it's starting up this Saturday, I believe. Um, but for the finals, uh, who do you guys have in the finals? I'm pretty sure you guys got Golden State coming out the West. Um, but can you guys trust LeBron to come out the East? Uh, how you guys feeling? Like, what's your matchup for the finals? I know Trayon does not have Golden State coming out of the East. Yeah. Since you really like those San Antonio Spurs every year. <laughs> but uh, no Timmy D, no problem for you. So, uh, yeah, 
I, I trust LeBron enough. Uh, it seems like the playoffs come around and he turns into the best thing basketball's ever seen. Uh, you know, I, I think, I know we're, we give him a hard time for saying, you know, the regular season doesn't mean anything, but I truly believe that he believes that and will turn it on when he thinks he needs to turn it on and will jog around when he doesn't want to turn it on. Like I, I, I'm honestly firmly believing that and I will still pick Cleveland to come out of the East uh, as the number two seed. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if they play Boston in the Eastern Conference Finals and beat them in five. I wouldn't be surprised one bit. Um, so I'll, I'll take Cleveland out of the East and I'll take Golden State out of the West. I'll, I'll have a rematch, uh, maybe a different outcome in the finals, but I'll, I'll have a rematch. Yeah. Okay. Three P. Yeah. I mean, I definitely got Golden State and pretty, pretty confident in that one. I just feel like that roster as a set there, they, they built a championship team that somebody's going to have. Couple people might have to get hurt for them to lose. Uh, the East, I mean, I guess I'm going with LeBron because I'm going with LeBron. I'm not going with Cleveland. I'm going with LeBron. Uh, <laughs> I don't think there. Oh, man. But LeBron going to put up but, I mean, just Westbrook the, numbers in the playoffs, man? He might have to. <laughs> and But if anybody else can do it, it's him. Yeah. Uh, but I guess this is one of those where I'm hedging that I wouldn't be shocked if if uh, Washington or or Boston gets him. Just just because at every other spot, I feel like they they can be got. Yeah. And and I I don't know if we're gonna get another explosion from from Kyrie late where all of a sudden he looks like he's in that argument for best player in the league. I'm just not sure if we get that again, which helped LeBron a lot last year. Yeah, and and I'll I'll even say I think it would be very you know you're talking about Kyrie Irving. I think it'd be very interesting to see them get back back to back matchups in the playoffs of Kyrie versus John Wall and the Wizards, and then turn right around and have to play Isaiah Thomas and the Celtics. I think that would be. A fantastic point guard matchup, uh, two rounds mm-hmm. in a row. Um, and who knows, maybe even, uh, you know, something weird could happen. And, you know, we'll see, I's, well, not something weird would happen, but we could see, you know, Isaiah Thomas and Kyle Lowry, something like that. Like, I think the Eastern Conference can have some very good point guard matchups. Yeah. Uh, the whole, the whole playoffs. So, um, it will be very interesting to see if Kyrie Irving can rise and play where uh, Wall is and where Thomas is, potentially for seven games, uh, therefore 14 in a row. Uh, I don't know that either of those series would get to seven games, but I still think that, you know, if they were to play Washington and then Boston, they could be very tired going into that. Boston series, even if they beat him in five or six or even four, they it would still be a very tiring series. Yeah, I I love to see the matchup of Kyrie versus some of those other top point guards in the league. Yeah. 
All right, for me, actually, I hate to say it, but uh, I'm not rocking with the Spurs this year, Ty. What? <laughs> call, call all of the major publications. <laughs> call ESPN, breaking news. I may have to tweet about this. <laughs> I, pulled, I pulled out his little John there. He, he totally shocked him. This is yeah, big news. Man. What? <laughs> hey, when's the last time you heard Tram pick against those Spurs? It's been a, it's man, been a while. Man. Yeah. It's been a while. It's, it's been since the Lakers were good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Once the Lakers stop being finals worthy, it's been the Spurs. Yeah. 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 So I'm going with Golden State, man. Uh, just, you know, some of the guys, uh, you know, I do like my man Kawhi. Uh, just think with LaMarcus Aldridge, think he could have had a little bit better, uh, season, uh, than what he's been doing this year. Uh, still isn't playing good basketball. I just think he could have been a little bit better, but I just think that the, um, Golden State's overall athleticism, they're going to get to him when they play the, uh, this when they play the Spurs, so I think they're gonna edge them out there. But from the East, I'm gonna go with the Washington Wizards, man. Um, I just think I don't know, man. Just LeBron and how they've just been choking games. Uh, it's just gonna be hard for me to believe that this team is gonna be like a switch and just turn it off, turn it on come uh, playoff time. So I think it's gonna be the year, man. Uh, somebody's gonna take out LeBron and stop this uh, streak. Going to the finals with his uh, six, so I think it's going to be the Wizards to do it. But all right, guys, uh, you guys have anything else to add? Uh, you know, I to, to to be fair to the rest of the Eastern Conference, I know I was pretty quick to pick LeBron there, but it wouldn't be the end of the world to see somebody else get in the finals. Uh, I actually wouldn't mind it, but I don't know that anybody else could take a game from Golden State. Yeah, that would be interesting. I, I I think Cleveland's the only team in the Eastern Conference that could force six, at least six games. Yeah, I I can agree with that. Yeah, so. You know, take take that for what you want, but uh, I, once again, I I just still think LeBron has it in the playoffs. So yeah, it's a switch for him. It's a switch. Yeah, I'm going against them, but uh, you know, like I said, if it's the Wizards or the Celtics or whatever, I do think we could be in store for a uh, pretty boring NBA Finals. Yeah. Um, yeah. If the Cavs don't end up making it to the finals, so. and, and and I like that Wizards squad. I think they're a pretty decent squad this year. Yeah. Yeah, they turned out to be pretty good, especially Wall and Brad Beal. They figured out how to work together. Finally, yeah. It's about time. Yeah. 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 But all right, guys, uh, you have anything else that? Rest in peace, Chuck. You said what? Hold on, say that you said. Brother, rest oh, Char- in peace. Char- oh, Charlie. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. You kind of breaking up when you were saying it. So, yeah. Oh, sorry. Try some classics on the Chappelle show, man. I was, yeah. Yeah. That's what I was, I was doing. I was doing my, uh, Dave Chappelle as, uh, 
doing uh, five yes. fingers to the face. Oh, slap. yeah. Slap. <laughs> Charlie Murphy. <laughs> yeah, man. I was I was so shocked by that, man. Yeah, I did not know he had leukemia. So, yeah. yeah, I didn't either. Yeah. yeah. Oh, lost yeah. another legend. Yeah, man. It's crazy. These famous people need to stop. Yeah. Right, Ty, you got anything, man? No, not not particularly, I guess. Uh You do you even know do you know who Charlie Murphy is, sir? Yeah, okay. yeah, I've I've uh I've seen the Chappelle show a time or two. All right. Uh, like like you guys said. So uh yeah, I'm aware and you know, I'll fall in line with you guys. Uh you know, it always sucks when when people go and he was he was fairly young too, so uh fifty seven, yeah. I mean, in terms of seeing people go, that's, that's a little earlier than, than I like to see them go. So, uh, yeah, it d- definitely sucks. But, uh, you know, NCAA basketball is over. We're starting to look forward to a lot of things. You know, a couple sports are hitting their playoffs. Uh, for those who are into hockey, that started tonight. Uh, basketball starting in the next few days. So playoff time, uh, getting good. Baseball's underway. Something a little slower. Uh, something I don't have to necessarily pay attention to all the time, but yeah. decent to turn on every now and then. Uh, but I guess, yeah, looking forward to some drafts coming up. We have the uh, NBA draft and the NFL draft. Both will be here before we know it. So, uh, yep, going to be time. To, yeah, it's going to be time to start thinking about new seasons and new hopes for the Lions. So, I guess we'll uh, wait and see what those have in store for us. But uh, yep. Yeah, it's it's just a new season for sports. So uh, another chapter down and another one starting. Yep. As usual, guys, appreciate y'all checking us out, uh, tuning in. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at DKM underscore cast. You can also check out this podcast on SoundCloud, uh, YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher. Uh, just hit us up in that search engine. Uh, you should be able to check us out. But... It's usual. Y'all take it easy. Peace out.